Hello everyone and welcome to episode 300 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Hey Seth, I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good too. We got new magic cards to talk about, but before we get into that, we have another co-host in Krim. What's up today, Grim? New magic cards! <laughs> ah, I'm so excited. Yes, how's everybody doing? I am beyond thrilled because probably the set I've been most looking forward to we can talk about today. Yeah, so, I mean, the big news is today is the official start of Commander Legends spoiler season. We have a ton of new cards to talk about. They've been coming out throughout the day. We already got quite a bit, so we're going to spend a big chunk of the cast talking about new Commander Legends stuff. We also wanted to hit on uh, Hasbro's Q3 earnings report that was actually just came out today as well. There were some interesting magic tidbits in there. So we're going to start off with that and then delve into Commander Legends for basically the entire cast, except maybe some fish mail at the end. So that's the overview for today. But before we get into that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you've ever struggled with the hassle of selling your magic cards, and I can tell you from first-hand experience, it is a lot of work to buy list your cards. So much sorting, so much shipping, so much typing, so much time wasted to sell your cards. Well, if you want to avoid all that, Card Conduit is the easiest way to sell your magic cards. You can avoid all those hassles and all that time with this new service from the folks over at Card Hoarder, which will sort, grade, and sell your magic cards for you, and once your shipment is processed, you'll get the proceeds minus their fee, and right now, you can get a 10% discount by going to cardconduit.com slash goldfish, so thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show today, and let's talk some magic, so let's get the, the little news out of the way first, so uh, Richard, today we had the Q3 earnings report from Hasbro, there's a lot of news in it, we got uh, some good news about magic, and in general, but what was the the big piece of news? A little magic tidbit that kind of slipped out in this conference call. You put me on the spot, Seth. I don't know. Actually, so there, there's two pieces of news here. One, Magic Arena Mobile delayed. So originally they made a very ambitious call to say it was delivering this year. Everyone was like, how is that even possible? It took you like two years to get out of beta. So it's been pushed back. That's not a big surprise. And the other piece of information is that magic as a whole uh is up this year which um surprising maybe uh you know we are in the middle of pandemic lgs has been closed uh closed all year uh, at least in the united states so magic being up compared to last year is a pretty big deal and it also kind of means that what wizards has been doing is working so uh, interpret that how you will and how Wizards will go forward. But basically, this year has been a smashing success for uh, Magic and Wizards. Yeah, I think the exact quote they used was that the first nine months of this year, Magic is up double-digit percent compared to the first nine months of last year, which that's a pretty meaningful increase. Of course... I guess one way to look at this is the number of products that are printed are also up probably like 100% compared to last year. So I'm sure that like all these secret layers, all these supplemental products are part of what's driving the increased revenue uh, going to Wizards. But at the same time, it's obviously working. And especially as Richard said, impressive in a pandemic when people can't play paper magic, you would assume if there was ever a time when magic was going to be maybe having a rough nine months, it would be the nine months when people are like stuck in their home and can't go to local game stores and all the command fest and magic fest have been canceled. But magic is apparently weathering the pandemic storm pretty impressively. And uh, maybe wizard's plan is working. Krim, uh, what do you think about the delay of Arena coming to mobile? Are you surprised at all? Or did you think that the by the end of this year date that they had mentioned several times was maybe a little bit too ambitious? I Oh, yeah. That was that was so ambitious to uh, talk about bringing it out by the end of this year. Like, I mean, that, that's what, like, <laughs> in two months, let's just say, we, we like, at best, in two months, they would have an online client or, I mean, a mobile client ready. Um I myself think that was very, very, very ambitious. There's no way. I mean, my phone thanks them for delaying it because the, as we had mentioned before, I was worried about like, like it burning a hole through my phone. 
just just because to like just to have it running for like five minutes and you know collecting its assets and etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh I'm, I'm just happy to see that they are not going to push out a product that isn't ready most importantly yeah i was gonna say i wonder if it's technical or like legal in the sense that okay is what's delaying this the fact that how do you put like 30 tokens on your phone and have it be playable or is the fact that like if you're going to be in the google play store or itunes store you have to adhere to certain rules and regulations which you may be free from like uh maybe like loot box uh type laws and things like that where you have to display the probabilities and things like that so i actually i'm kind of curious where it is because we kind of just assumed it's technical but it's possible that it's actually uh you know these, these other factors about actually adhering to like say the apple guidelines for for games yeah that's that's a really I interesting didn't even think point. about that <laughs> yeah because we've kind of seen that with Fortnite and apple recently a big like skirmish and lawsuits over like how Fortnite wants to monetize and it's not allowed and is it within apple's rights to like force people to use their payment system like so it's kind of a big mess maybe that does play into it maybe wizards is like riding it out to see what happens with this uh, lawsuit from epic that makes Fortnite. on the other hand there's also been a lot of just weirdness on the actual like PC client of Arena lately. I don't know if you've seen any of the screenshots of just like oh. sleeves being on both sides of the cards and random like <laughs> mana symbols in various places on the screen. There's been a lot of just like weird glitchy stuff the last couple of weeks. So I I've could had also that be I haven't had to have it myself. I've seen a lot of a lot of screenshots of it. So maybe that plays into it as well. Like if your PC client that's been going for like a few years is having issues, imagine trying to launch like your new digital client with your game already in a somewhat unstable spot. <laughs> I think that might be the first time where Bolus was broken. Because <laughs> I drew it and I, and I was just like, what is all of this? There's like squigglies all over my screen. And, and there's like a gigantic E that would just flash on the top left side of my screen. And, and I was just like, oh, oh, okay. So we broke the game with Bolus finally. <laughs> and, and, and I remember uh, one of one of the best things that happened about it because I was just like, oh, well, I don't want to restart my client because I don't want to lose this special arena mode, right? Turns out that actually ended up costing me when I, I think I I, I activated Narset and I looked at the top four cards. It just it was like this pile. Imagine like you just spill your cards on top of your table. <laughs> And, and, and that's the ch options I had to choose from. And it wouldn't let me pick anything underneath, like, a card on top. So hopefully hopefully that bug gets fixed kind of soon because I, I thought it was all, like, fine, whatever. I mean, the gigantic numbers uh, across the screen, and it was, like, funny. But then when it came to actually, like, disrupting the gameplay and forcing me to take one card, uh, that, that, was for that was a problem. <laughs> so let me ask you guys, and then we'll move on to Commander Legends. As a Magic Online player... Uh, I've been dealing with Magic Digital for a long time, and uh, I know that things are different now. They have their new studio and all that stuff, but traditionally, I think that maybe the biggest example of this was Leagues on Magic Online, where we had, for like five years at least, like, oh, coming in a few months, coming this year, Leagues, and then it would be like, well, it's delayed till next year, and then that year would go by, and it would be, oh, okay, well, in a few months, it'll be by the end of the year, then it'd be like, oh, it's delayed, next year we'll get to it for sure, we're getting closer, so here's my question for you, will we have Arena on mobile in 2021, or... A year from now, when we're getting towards next year's holiday season, are we going to be getting another, like, well, in 2022, we got a good feeling about Arena on mobile. So what do you think? Will we have Arena on mobile next year? I, I think it's, I think that there will be a client ready or for them to roll out by next year. So, uh, yeah, definitely think we will. Yeah, definitely. Not by next year. By next year implies this year. But sometime or, next year, whether it be Q1 or Q4, like, it's it's too big of an opportunity. Like, if, if you think the suits are, like, telling people to, like, sell, uh, telling Watsi to sell more box toppers, you better believe they're looking at mobile market and, like, how much money mobile games makes. And they're just, like, salivating and, like, trying to get it out the door, like, as soon as possible. So I would assume this is like the highest priority for uh, uh, Wizards Digital. 
So I would be shocked if they fail to deliver next year. It has to come out. I'm actually... I'm actually pretty confident, too. Like, with the CEO of Hasbro repeatedly touting it coming this year and then having to say it's delayed until 2021, you know it's a focus from the higher-ups at the company. And I think that will, as Richard said, make it a priority for Wizards Digital and actually make it happen. So, uh, I don't know. Even though I'm generally skeptical of Wizards Digital doing things in a timely manner, I would be surprised if they didn't actually make this one happen, just because... I think the pressure is definitely going to be coming down from the top, and it would be a big embarrassment for not just, like, some random programmer at Wizards, but for, like, the CEO of Hasbro, the most powerful person of a $11 billion company, to have to do this again next year. It, it would look like a failure. So I think that's going to give them a lot of incentive to actually get this done and get it done right. But The, the anyway. real question, Seth, is the Mythic Invitational going to be played on iPhones? <laughs> oh, 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 that sounds as, like a... As a new marketing push, all competitors must have an iPhone, and we play... Like, have you ever watched those, like, esports events for mobile games? It, like, looks so ridiculous. It's like a like a, a huge, like, booth, and then it's just, like, a little mount with, like, a phone on it, and like, these, like, really serious people that are, like... Hmm. <laughs> it uh, gives off a different I, vibe. I think it's going to be interesting, because there's already this, like... I don't know, split in the gaming community about mobile gaming, where some people are, like, really vicious about that not being, like, real gaming, and other people being like, hey, like, don't, you know, gatekeep people and let people play over they want to. Hopefully Magic doesn't devolve into that. We already have a, a community that can be really divided on some issues, and hopefully mobile is not another thing that, uh, that heads that direction. Like, hopefully it's just as functional on mobile as it is on a PC, and it's kind of like a a fair playing field, but it would be very awkward if they have, like, a token limit of 20 if you're playing on mobile, but you can have unlimited <laughs> tokens if you're playing on PC or something. Like, hopefully we don't end up there. Anyway... <laughs> That was uh, that was just our, our boring news segment about, uh, you know, what's coming up, Hasbro's Financial State. We got new Magic cards to talk about. It is day one of Commander Legend spoilers. We got a lot of cards. Richard, why don't you guide us through uh, some spoiler cards? All right. Commander Legends, in case you forgot, releases in November and... Uh, oh, wait, they pushed it back. What's the new date? I don't have the new date. Uh, ignore that. Uh, it's still November. But <laughs> it's still November? I thought, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was still November. It was going to be October, but they pushed it back to November. Yeah. So you're saying in like five days it's releasing? Not the first day of it. I think it's like November 8th or something okay, like that. Okay, two weeks. We'll call it two weeks. Okay. But back on track. It's the first set to be drafted. Okay. So it's a special commander set. And uh, we have previews. You can check them all out at mtgpreviews.com. We're going to go through, uh, I guess, the higher rarity cards that have been released this week. And then also uh, some random legendaries. So first up, we have a Planeswalker, uh, Tavesh Sat, Doom of Fools. Uh, and this Planeswalker can be <laughs> your commander. It can also, it is also a partner. Okay, so... We're just adding all the keywords here. So four and a black, five CMC, four starting loyalty, plus two, create two zero one black thrall tokens, plus one, you may sacrifice another creature or planeswalker. If you do, draw two cards, then draw another card if the sacrifice permanent was a commander, minus 10, gain control of all commanders, put all commanders from the command zone onto the battlefield under your control. <laughs> I I like the that that ultimate. It seems pretty cool. I like the things that this does, but uh I feel like this this ultimate could have been a little bit lower on like how much it costs. I think it could have been like minus eight. Because I feel like commanders don't really last all that long in, in or I mean uh in EDH like planeswalkers just don't stick around for that long. I was hoping to see more designs, I guess like somewhat like Teferi. Uh, where where you could see planeswalkers that can activate on other people's turns. Although I guess that takes away from like Teferi's uniqueness. I just think that planeswalkers don't stick around for long enough. However, I do think that the artwork is cool. I have no idea. Is Tevish part of the lore? Like, is this a card that's already existed before or is this new? 
it's in the really old like I don't think there's ever been a Tevishet card, but it is referenced uh, like minion of Tevishet and stuff back in Ice Age era. So I think it was one of like the the bad guys from like original Ice Age, but it was never actually uh, featured on a card before. Okay, and like, does he have like a steel work, like like construction worker hat on? Like, like, like I, I'm like looking at I, the artwork. So, <laughs> I I do not know the the story of Tevishet, but yeah, it does look a little like that. <laughs> I. I really like this card. I think this card's actually actually pretty solid. I do think what Crim said is true. Planeswalkers traditionally die a lot in Commander, although, I mean, this one does make a couple of thralls that can jump block for it. And the main thing I'm excited about is not so much the ultimate, but the plus one to be able to draw at least two cards. Like, it makes tokens you can sacrifice, and then drawing two cards every turn that this sticks out is actually very powerful. It's like a a double Phyrexian Arena, let's say. It's a, a very powerful effect. It's like a village rights. It's repeatable on your Planeswalker. Maybe even get three cards sometime. So I could picture playing this not so much as a commander, although maybe you have some sort of like aristocratic partner commander that we haven't seen yet. But in the 99 of some sort of like Blood Artist Sacrifice deck, I actually think this is a really powerful Planeswalker, primarily for the plus two to make sacrifice fodder and then plus one to draw a bunch of cards to draw more sacrifice fodder and more blood artists so i like this as a 99 card i think yeah boring i don't like it i i read thralls <laughs> and i got excited and then i'm like this is nothing to do with thralls <laughs> i mean it, it is a good card for sacrifice decks right like I, I think the point of this card is you're supposed to like play your you know partner commander and then eat them or her right and get three <laughs> cards and uh, also the ultimate i think is actually a lot stronger than we give it credit for because we're probably thinking you put three other creatures in the battlefield right but uh given the sheer number of partners if everyone has two partners including your own partner you're dumping like seven creatures on the battlefield or seven planeswalkers or whatever so i think it could be pretty powerful uh but Oh, it's just boring. It's like it just draws cards. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> I, I wish What's it better I, than that, Richard. I, I wish it did something more cards. with the thrall theme, right? Like or like <laughs> the fact that you need a lot of minions to do something. But this is just like sacrifice to draw cards. We've seen this before. So. I, I don't. I don't even think this is like it. <laughs> I just don't think it's good, but I mean, maybe uh, if there's another partner that this yeah, could pair with. Yeah, it's a partner, though, like, so it's only half of your commander. So I, right. I think that in itself, will, you could have, like, a real commander, and then you could have this <laughs> card draw commander <laughs> afterwards. Ouch, ouch. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I mean, the ultimate, I, it's not that the ultimate is weak. I think that the ultimate is, is definitely strong. It's just, once again, minus 10? I think this could have been, like, a minus 8 or something like that. Just because, I mean, like, it... it you're expecting that first off as soon as you play this people are going to see it and, and, and they're going to be like oh that, that person's going to draw two cards alright let's just kill that card real quick I, I mean how much do you think doubling season has to do with this right if it was a minus eight you can just five mana take everything that'd be pretty sick <laughs> so maybe it's just like minus ten so it prevents the doubling season ah uh, yeah I think, I, I, okay make it minus nine <laughs> like, <laughs> I think you do have to be careful with Planeswalker Commanders because of doubling season. I almost, like, I know people love doubling season, but I almost wonder if it holds back the format to some extent. Almost like, almost like the Birthing Pot argument, where it's like, oh, we can't print other, like, cool creatures in Modern because Birthing Pot will find them. I wonder if doubling season's ability to double loyalty counters keeps wizards from printing, like, Planeswalkers that could actually be sweet in Commander. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I could. T- I, I mean, I, I could see that being a factor into it. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I don't actually think like doubling season is that broken though. Like even with all like, if they made this minus eight and then I played it with a doubling season, I ultimate right away. Obviously, that's sweet, uh, and you're probably going to do something extreme, extremely powerful. But I don't know. In commander, it feels like doubling season. Just like uh, it, it, it's very good. But I, I, do you think it really factors? into their design though i feel like it does with planeswalkers in your near command zone because then it's like just a one card combo like oh i draw my doubling season i play my planeswalker commander i ultimate i win the game so i feel i don't think it like restricts design on non commander legal planeswalkers or planeswalkers that are not legal to be your commander but i wouldn't be surprised if it's at least like part of the thought process for like adjusting the loyalty on something like tevishet 
All right. Next up, we have Kark the Thumbless. Yeah. I don't even want to say his name, but you know, it's that dude's <laughs> thumb that we've been playing with for the longest time. <laughs> Uh, we, we found him. It's a one and a red. It's a 2-2 two, two legendary creature goblin wizard. <laughs> Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, flip a coin. If you lose the flip, return that spell to its owner's hand. If you win the flip, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. And it's a partner. Yo, I think so this card or first... <laughs> this card, first off, the artwork is adorable. Second off, imagine being known as just the dude without the thumbs like like, that, like, that. <laughs> like this creature is legendary because it does not have thumbs <laughs> i want i want to know how he flips coins could you imagine trying to like fl- flip a coin without a thumb that actually seems like a like a tough way to go about oh, that's it maybe wizard. that's why he's maybe that's why he's legendary <laughs> yeah, he's a wizard <laughs> is uh so is this card actually good oh yeah <laughs> I I think this card is super sweet in like some kind of like, I mean I don't know if there's gonna be like a Demir partner to like pair with this right. Uh, I guess I guess there are some right somewhere, but like you could try to like go for like kind of like Grixis spells or I mean is it spells maybe like either one like is it spells would be pretty sweet with Clark's thumb in the deck also. Uh, I I could totally see just like something along those lines being really fun. Yeah, I like I think what I'm most excited for is. Right now we have a coin flip commander for Is It with Okun and Zindu Split or whatever, however you say the name. Was split. that last one? <laughs> you see, like you just rolled your your, your tongue there. And All right, <laughs> but but we have an Is It partner pair now with uh, Carrick. We actually can play coin flipping in any color combination, even though Is It is the main like supported color for coin flip cards in Magic. Being able to like have green in your deck to have ramp spells for example i think it's a really huge deal so i like how this expands out the coin flip deck i also think that what crim mentioned is a good point as well just playing this as like a weird spell slinger commander with another partner is potentially really powerful i think it's at its best with cheap spells like you cast your brainstorm even if it bounces back to your hand, whatever, it was just one mana. On the other hand, I think what you want to avoid with uh, Carrick is casting really expensive spells. You cast one big, like, time stretch, and it goes back to your hand, and you just, like, time walk yourself. I think that's the risk, but in some sort of, like, efficient Spellslinger-style deck, I think Carrick's actually a pretty good card. I, I, I hope they also print, like, Krark's other thumb. And then, and this way you can kind of like double down like on, on like more or just give more enchantments or artifacts or some kind of support for like the coin flip archetype that you had mentioned. Because right now we only have Krark's thumb and then, you know, Krark the thumbless. And I, I don't know. I mean, just get, get his other thumb in there so we can now just have just more of it, more didn't, redundancy did, in that kind of effect. Isn't that actually a unset card already? You know what? I'm pretty sure Karks Under Thumb <laughs> exists in Silver Border already. I think you're right. There is a thumb, another thumb. But, like, I hope we just get more of that, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have Nimrus, Una's Trickster, 5 CMC, 3 blue and a black. So Demir, it's a 1-6 legendary creature, fairy knight, flash, flying. Whenever you cast the spell... The first spell during each opponent's turn, look at the top two cards of your library, put one of them in your hand, the other in your graveyard. I this is the this grimmest is of commanders. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, of course you do, because you want to sit back and leave up your mana drain every turn. I know you, Crim. <laughs> as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh man, this is exactly a Crim commander. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's awesome. Look at that art. It's a fairy on top of that. I wish it weren't a one-six. I think that's the only thing. This could have been like a I don't know, a 3-6 even, right? Like, I don't know, the, like, like, this, the stats are the only issue I have with, but this, but like the card itself is so cool. I love leaving up my mana on others' turns. And the best part is you get to put one of those cards in your hand and the other into the graveyard. The key part is that you can throw the other card into the graveyard. That I really like. So I think this is just a cool card. I think it's a little... A little bit pricey on the mana side of things, but I don't know if I would like. Ugh, is this a ninety nine or is this a commander for me? I mean, I will obviously try it. Like you can bet, uh, you can bet on it that I will make a deck around this for commander clash. But like, I 
I, I don't know. Is this pro- This is probably better as a 99 card, right? So here's the thing I love about it as your commander. I think it's mostly, for me, a flavor thing. Uh, the way this reads, it's exactly how, like, traditional fairies play. If you go back to, like, standard fairies back yeah. in Lauren era, where you just want to leave up mana, cast stuff during your opponent's turn. There's even, like, fairies taunting, Glenelander tricksters. There's some fairies from Lauren era that actually have essentially this ability where when you do something on your opponent's turn, you get a benefit. The problem is there's not a legend for that. When you have fairies, you have, like... Una, which it makes right. a lot of fairies, but it doesn't really play it into speed or anything. And then you have whatever that horrible flash one is. It's just like a flying hill giant <laughs> that you can bounce back to your hand and does like literally nothing. But there hasn't ever been a legend for the like traditional Drago flash fairy play style. Yeah. So I think if you want to build like a fairy flavor deck where you're leaving a mana on your opponent's turn playing all instant speed, I think you want Nightmares as your commander just because it's so flavorful and perfect for that play style, is it the most powerful commander? Obviously, if you untap with it and you're casting an instant on each of your opponent's turn and drawing three cards and milling three cards each turn cycle, that's really good. It is five mana, but I think that's that's where I see it being a home. Like, if you want to play the traditional, like, fairy tempo deck, this is, like, the ideal commander, and that commander didn't exist before now. Yeah, you're, that is true. This is, like, definitely a perfect kind of, like, fairies and or flash kind of commander right like you can mil- maybe like build something with slither wisp also you can go like just demir flash and i uh, i think all oh, that's really cool and i actually really like the border on it the the split between the blue and black parts of it like i i think i i'm definitely a fan of all of that but i don't know five mana this could have been yeah. like four so I, this could when i read this i thought it was an uncommon card because we have uncommon commanders and yeah. then when i saw the symbol I thought it was a Throne of Eldraine like uh, commander card, like like the like because actually the logo for Commander Legends looks exactly like the, the the Throne of Eldraine one. Like if you look at it, like when it's small, like it's it's not good. It's like so expensive. It's a five mana for a one six that will draw you some cards. I think we can do a lot better uh, in in Commander. Like I don't know. It's not even a partner, so you can't even have like. Uh, you know, this be like a support commander, and then you have like your real one somewhere. Like it's just kind of bleh. It's like a five mana one six that will probably wreck face and limited. But I don't know about uh, actual real games of commander. Like five mana one six draw two three cards maybe is like that good enough? Oh, it's I love fun. Cards, Richard. <laughs> it, it, it is fun, and it fits the theme of Flash. However, is it pa- is it like pa- it should have been a six one? No, actually, like do something with it instead of being like a one six. Like I got a twenty one turn clock on you. Don't, I, <laughs> don't disrespect. I think maybe it. I, I think maybe I'm biased because I don't actually want to kill people because then that ends the game sooner and limits the number of cards I get to draw. So for true, me, a one six is perfect. That gives me less chances of accidentally taking out my opponents with combat damage <laughs> and more time to draw cards. You can't even accidentally stumble into damage <laughs> because it's like one power. All right. Uh, next up, we have Lysa Shroud of Dusk. Two white, white, black, 5-5 five, five, legendary creature, Angel. Uh, it's rare. Rather than pay two mana for each previous time you've cast this spell from your command zone, uh, this game, pay two life that many times. Flying lifelink. Whenever a player casts a spell, they lose two life. I, I, uh It's like better than think- Phyrexian mana. <laughs> yeah, like I was gonna say that that way to get around commander tax is uh it's pretty scary. I'm not gonna lie to you, that's pretty scary. Yeah, I mean it does come down cheaply every time and the ability it reminds me of like Kemball. And if you've ever like not been able to kill a Kemball in a commander game, it's very obnoxious and it kills you really like it's not that many spells for people to just get drained out of the game by this. So I think maybe some sort of like life swapping deck this would be pretty interesting with you get to like pay it reminds me of like selesnia dark angel where you can pay a bunch of life with your commander to lower your life total then maybe exchange life totals with your opponents get them low and then your opponent dies because they have to cast spells and this trades up so i think this card's really kind 
Yes, 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 yes. I don't think this is, like, busted, but I think it's a really sweet, like, build-around that you can play some really cool, janky, like, mirror-image, life-swapping cards and have them actually be sweet in this deck. This card guarantees to get you killed immediately <laughs> like I, I don't i don't know how you can play this and like survive right like people will just like they can't even play around it it's not even like oh just play non-creatures or play creatures or something right like everyone will try to murder you i i don't know how you could cast this and then like walk away from the <laughs> from the I table would love to see someone politic their way out of this one right it, it, <laughs> but but hold on it's fair it hits me too don't kill my commander. <laughs> uh, okay, next up we have uh, Mythic Equipment. So Seraphic Greatsword, one in a white. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. When equipped creature attacks the player with the most life or tied with the most life, create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying that's tapped and attacking that creature. Equip four. Uh... That's this is another card. I, I I feel like so far the cards that have uh ha, have been spoiled feel a little bit safe. You know what I mean? A little a little maybe 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 that's a good thing. By the way, maybe that's a good thing. Uh, but like I think this for four mana that's a lot. What, what, what's the original one from Amazon? It's like four mana. Moon Moon the Moon Spear. And then you pay or, yeah. four to equip. It does yeah. the same thing. Does it actually give you combat stats? What is it? Uh, it does not uh, give you combat strike. stats. Yeah, first, first strike. strike rather than the pumping. Yeah, and this feels like that card. It doesn't feel it much different. It feels exactly. Probably. And, well, I guess uh, with Spear, too, you can attack anyone, which is a slight difference. But, yeah, it feels very much like that, except arguably way worse because it's white. Like, I guess you get the discount up front, only two mana to cast. But being white does limit the decks you can play it in. So, I don't know. Like, I'm not convinced this is meaningfully better than Moon Silver Spear. And Moon Silver Spear doesn't actually see a ton of play like i guess i've seen it a couple of times in commander games but it's not like a staple or anything it's pretty far down the rankings of equipment so i'm kind of i don't know like i i honestly don't know would you even play this in an equipment deck i guess is a question let's say you're playing srom or something that's like white and focused on equipment is this even good enough to show up in your deck it's not a three mana sword or something like that right like this but i mean I don't, I don't. I don't know. I mean, the only thing that it has going for it is that it is two mana, right? And that that is that is it. The equip part, if you can get around that, which I'm sure you can, uh, even then, like let's say you found a way to cheat the equipment cost, it's just okay. I yeah. will also say that I think this is where we see maybe the drawback of being a draft set, because I feel like this is a card that if the set was not draftable and it was just a master set. This is easily rare. Like, I, I think it's perfectly fine. Like, Moons of Her Spear was a rare back in the day. But, uh, so I think it'd be easily be a rare. But this could definitely run away with a game of limited and just like a couple of attack steps. So maybe it's bumped to mythic just because of the draft aspect of the set. Yeah. So I, I like this card. I just don't like that it's a mythic slot. Like, it kind of wastes your mythic. But I'm going to build a deck where you can see how many angels you can get into combat. <laughs> where you you have like a Geist of St. Traft equipped with like a, a great sword and a moon silver spear or something. And then you attack someone, you're like, surprise, here's my flock of angels to murder you. <laughs> so like in that sense, I think it's pretty cool. It like what is it? Makes... Divine visitation on top of that? Ooh. Or no no not not that uh the uh the token doubler thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, anointed procession. Yeah. Yes. Anointed procession. Like, it'd be so... It, <laughs> like, that's, I like these fun cards, right? But the fact that it's, yeah. like, a mythic, like, eh, that, that feels bad. I, I do think Seth is right that it, it's because of the draftable aspect of the deck, uh, of the set. Um. All right. Uh, we have another mythic. It's a mythic sphinx. Sphinx of the second yes. sun. Six blue, blue. Six, six. It's just a sphinx. It's not legendary. It's a normal creature. Flying... At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you get an additional beginning phase after this phase. Uh, Wait. So that's untap, upkeep, and draw step. I was not aware there's a new term, beginning phase. <laughs> but you get to untap, upkeep, draw again <laughs> after your <laughs> after your pre your post-combat main phase. Is this just like a one-card party machine with like Helm of the Host? No, no, you don't get a you don't get combat again. Oh right! You, 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 you just yeah, get so, the first. Yeah. The, oh, it's post. -com yeah, yeah, yeah. Main case. You two. basically get a um, uh, like a sort of feast and famine trigger with the draw. Yeah. 
I guess you get an upkeep too. So if you have cumulative upkeep cards, or, or I think this card. this is cool. I like this card, even if it doesn't give you another combat phase. I I, I think this is a super sweet uh, Sphinx. Um, I, I I like this card a lot, actually. Oh, this this is I think my favorite card that we've seen so far. Yeah. Like, oh, even just by itself, you're getting to untap all your stuff for like pseudo vigilance, so you can attack and be on defense. You're drawing an extra card each turn. That's never going to be bad. And this is one of what two cards in Magic I think that can give you extra uh upkeep steps. So if you're yeah. playing, let's say Hondins or something, other things that like trigger on your upkeep, you're going to double trigger them. It's like upkeep step Panharmonicon. So I think this card has tons of like janky brew around potential for like upkeep step tribal decks. And even if you don't have those shenanigans, I don't think it's even that bad. Like eight mana is a lot, but drawing two cards a turn and untapping your stuff is pretty sweet on its own. So this card is just, just one of the most fun cards we've seen so far. There's so many cool things I think you can do with this card. Yeah, and 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 I really like that it doesn't it itself does not have to attack or anything like that. You just have to. Have yeah, it just it. has to exist. Exactly, because yeah. like if you have to attack, sometimes that's actually a uh, pretty big issue, especially when you're paying eight mana and you know like uh what, like it's, I don't know maybe they have like a death touch flyer blocker or whatever. But this this thing is just really really sweet. Uh, just it could sit there and just give you that additional post combat phase, as they call it, beginning yeah, I, an additional beginning phase. Sorry, I think they should make this like the new Sphinx thing, where they just mess with your steps. Like, imagine that'd if, be sweet if everyone's step like there's a Sphinx that's like everyone's upkeep happens after their combat phase or something, and you're just like, what? <laughs> like, what does this even do? Like, I don't know, right? But like, yeah, right. Like, I think this card actually sucks, but it's like so unique and cool. So I, I like it, right? Like you can just do weird oh, we, Johnny combos with it, right? So, if they made it like yeah. Sphinx Tron, how cool would that be, right? Like one that's like you get like this one, right? You get additional beginning phase. Then you have one that's like Sphinx of the Third Sun or something like that. <laughs> and, then, and then you get additional combat phase. So essentially what you do is you just have all three out and you get one other turn. <laughs> uh, All right. Next up, we have... Oh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, here it is. An uncommon legendary creature. Uh, Sayani, Eye of the Storm. Three in the blue. So four mana, three, two. Legendary creature, Jin Monk. Flying. When Sayani attacks, scry X, where X is a number of attacking creatures with flying part. Yeah. Limited. Yeah. Limited only limited. jank. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine you actually... I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe do it for fun. Commander is a weird format like that, but uh, this doesn't seem like something I would be interested in building an actual commander deck around. Do you think this ruins commander in any way? So if we go like way back, right? Like what are legendary creatures? They're supposed to be like epic bosses. Like this is before Planeswalkers, right? They were like more epic than Planeswalkers. Now it seems like anyone can be a, a legendary creature. Like does it? does it like kill the fantasy aspects for you guys or like what, what do you think when just like just random creatures can now be in your command zone with like nothing particularly exciting about uh their, their card text i mean i i could it doesn't ruin the immersion or whatever the fantasy for me i like it it's just like hey the this this monk this gin monk is so good at scrying that it's a legend <laughs> <They always> cry <laughs> x where x is the number yeah. of creatures <laughs> flying one <laughs> Wow, that person scries so hard. Like, like you know, like, I I can believe that. I mean, hasn't this been going on for a while now? I'm thinking of, like, did you feel the same way about, like, Dominaria, where the, the one of the big themes was, like, Uncommon Legends? Like, well, well, that was supposed to be a one-off special thing, so it wasn't too bad, right? But now we're getting, like, 200 <laughs> or whatever of these legendary creatures coming in. Plus, plus the Dominaria I do... ones, I feel felt like they did something I, I don't know i do sort of like i think this card's just bad and i think that's a like legitimate criticism of this card in specific like it's just so bad that i don't know why it would have to be a legend but in general i don't mind uncommon legends like that doesn't actually bother me i just like don't like this card in specific i do wonder a little bit about like legend flood it feels like we get so many legends not just in commander legends but even standard sets like maybe we have too many legends these days to some extent but 
I don't know, uh, like random uncommon legends don't really bother me. And I think you could even argue that this is another special circumstance because of the draftability and because you need to actually draft legends to have as your commander. And that probably really only works if you also have some like uncommon legends that show up more frequently. All right. Let me let me test you with some more uncommon legends. OK, <laughs> Brineland, the moon kraken. Uh, six blue blue. That's eight CMC. It's a six eight legendary creature. Kraken. When Brylin enters the battlefield or whatever you cast a spell with converted mana cost six or greater, you may return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Partner. Also very bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is the point but... of this, right? Like, you're like, who's like? Even if I'm playing Kraken Tribal, I'm embarrassed to put this as my commander, right? Like, who's gonna put this <laughs> as their commander, <laughs> right? Like. But you can partner that, right, with Siani. Yeah, you can play it with a good card. <laughs> you you got to have your and real commander. <laughs> you can scry a lot. <laughs> all right, all right. It's like... Ugh, Ghost of Ramirez de Petro. Two and a blue, so three. It's also an uncommon legendary. It's a spirit pirate. It's a two, three. Uh, can't be blocked by creatures with toughness three or more. When it deals combat damage to a player, choose target card in a graveyard that has been discarded or put there from a library this turn. Put that card into its owner's hand. Partner. Okay, I I, I think this is uh not, not I don't know about a commander, but I, like, <laughs> this is the best one. It does it yeah, does yeah, something of the unique. Uncommon cycle. It like earns its legendary status. I feel right. Like it does some weird yeah. stuff. And it references a legend from Legends, actually. Like, the, it's the ghost of uh, Ramirez de Patero. So uh, I think I'm fine with this one, although I also think I'd never play it as my commander. I would probably play it in the 99 of, like, Pirates or Spirits, maybe. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a Daxos, if Daxos was incredibly hard to ever draw a card from. <laughs> because somehow you have to mill yourself or discard a card to be able to draw a card when this attacks. But it reminds me of, like, a really watered-down Daxos with some, like, fringe tribal synergies, like for spirits or pirates. Uh, this this isn't actually that hard to, I think, get going, right? Like, the, the mill part? Yeah, you can mill or you can loot. Like, you can have creatures that loot on attack. Like, I, I feel this is... yeah. A good card in the sense that there are a lot of build around me themes that you could do and make unique decks. Cypher. Whereas like Sayani is like I scry when I attack with flyers. I have a flying <laughs> deck, right? It's like what? But this one is like okay, you know, you want to crack a fetch land on my turn? Like yeah, give me that land, right? Or I can well, play a well, rune crab was, or something. Just, just so it's clear, you put it in the. It's owner's hand. So if your opponent cracks oh, wait, a fetch, what? you would give. Wait, wait it's not even. It's fetch. not even crack a fetch. It has to be discarded from library. You have to mill. Yeah. So you have to self mill. It's a self mill pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's still okay. That's yeah, still okay. I mean, that's 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 not hard to do. I do once again, like. Uh, I can just cipher some cards onto it. <laughs> I kind of like the the political aspect where you can use it like Skullwinder, sort of, to be like, hey, like whatever, I milled you or mill yourself. And then I'll give you back that wrath to deal with the table or something. I, I like that you can give uh, your opponents back cards as well politically, but really, like, would you really play this as your commander? Like, are you actually? Con- is that something you're actually considering? We're, we're talking about no, our no, no. Uh, commander class no. weird theme week, but yeah, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it would be a unique deck, right? Like, it's a unique deck that you you break out at a table. People be like, what? What is that? Whereas you can't do that with like the Kraken or the the monk right like it's just those are just like random beaters right that have a legendary uh prefix but this card has some weird unique ability that you can like make a combo with right uh all right uh we have a mythic sorcery blue mnemonic deluge six blue 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 so nine cmc exile target instant or sorcery card from a graveyard copy that card three times you may cast the copies without paying their mana costs Exile, mnemonic deluge. Wait, is that does that mean we're gonna get a del, uh, deluge cycle? Yeah, toxic deluge. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, is that what I, this is? Because why is one cost nine and yeah. one cost three? <laughs> I I think that there might be a cycle, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. This card. I love this card, and I also dislike this card. So, I think this card can do fun things. I love its uniqueness. It's the first card in all of Magic 
that can cast an instant or sorcery from anyone's graveyard. We have cards that can get your opponents, like the Blue Primordial. There's a few cards that can hit your own, like Scholar of the Lost Roves. There hasn't been one that can just hit anyone yet. And Copy of Three Times is really sweet. The thing that I love about this card is you can do cool janky things. Like, imagine triple warp worlding or something. Like, you can do some really <laughs> funny things with that. On the other hand... I feel like the right thing to do is just like, oh, triple time walk, triple, triple time stretch, triple expropriate, and then that's just like really boring, and it just wins the game on the spot, essentially, because you get six turns in a row or something absurd. So I feel like this is a card that you can do really cool things with, and I like that aspect of it, but I'm afraid that the primary way people are going to play it is to do things that I will not find fun in a commander table. I think for nine mana, it does have to do something that actually could potentially break the game, right? For nine I mean, mana, that is a lot of nine mana. mana. You're just going to omniscience this thing in, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, well, that, that, that's an omniscience win, right? Like, that, that doesn't matter at that like, point. I, I feel it's too expensive, so, like, you'll never... It's, like, very rare that you'll cast this the fair way. Like, most of the time, you'll just omniscience it in or find some other way to, to cheat it in. Um, well, I found my auto-include <laughs> in all my blue decks, <laughs> so I can show you what it's like to cast this fairly. <laughs> so, so you can sit on two lands and miss your third land drop with a, yeah, with a handful of nine drops. <laughs> you're the least likely person to ever cast this, Grim. <laughs> you know? I don't think I've ever seen you have nine lands on the battlefield in like three seasons of Commander Clash. <laughs> in all three seasons, if you combine my mana, I might have nine mana. If this was an MDFC, oh boy. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like, like uh, I'll tell you this though. I I plan on doing this with cruel ultimatum. So now I can cruel ultimatum the table. Oh, that Ooh. would be sweet. Can you use alternate costs? Like, can you like write a replication kickered version? <laughs> if you pay for kicker, yes. Oh, you have to. Act- yes, so you get becomes <laughs> okay. <laughs> like fourteen mana. <laughs> okay, now I'm never casting that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I believe that's how it works. I mean, I, it's a cool card. It's definitely cool if you can copy it too, like in maybe Riku or like Melik or something. Like if Krark? Yeah, Car Krark. Oh, how like, could that be died banner? Oh, Nothing. You know you know, you know if that's Damn. what's gonna happen. <laughs> well, I mean, how you feeling lucky, Richard? Because I'm not gonna lie to you, it would be pretty I mean, sick. I, I would totally do that. <laughs> Just for the beans, like how epic would that be? You would really not want to lose that that coin flip. But if you win, oh, you get to get new like a new like another copy, right? See <laughs> Uh, all right. Move on to some rares. Oh, there's a... Is this the only reprint? Vampiric Tutor reprint? Uh, is there's a bunch of commons and uncommons, Ma- but... There's also a Mana Confluence. A Mana Confluence reprint? Mine... That's the the buy box promo actually, which is a pretty solid buy box. That's like a twenty two dollar card. Vampire Tutor. We are just realizing this. It's a hundred dollars. Yeah, like yeah. So that's a really good reprint. Yeah, I mean, I like we'll see how much it helps with it still being mythic, but yeah, it it is it is still a very solid reprint. Okay, also, and then last card. Oh, you have you have something said? Just a just a quick warning for people. As we saw with past commander reprints the prices always go back up pretty quickly. So if you see a staple that you need, like Vampiric Tutor, drop down a lot, expect that it's going to go back up. There's just ridiculously high demand for Commander cards. So if you get a good deal, snap it off when you get a chance, because even though Vampiric Tutor should go down, it will almost certainly be back up at $100 in like a year or two, because it was reprinted not that long ago and already back over $100. So with Commander reprints in specific, don't wait. It's a lot of times it's different with like moderate formats like that, but with Commander, if you get a good deal, you got to snap it off when you get a chance because prices rise pretty quickly. Yeah, we've seen the demand for any kind of like like Commander staples or anything like that. Just Even reprints don't really help, to be honest. Like that. Because there's just such a high demand for these kind of cards. I mean, I, I expect the same thing while we're talking about prices that to happen with modern, where uh, let's say you're trying to play Jund or something, right? And then you're like, oh, Liliana is like too expensive, <laughs> and then they reprint Liliana. You're like, oh yes, now I can buy Jund, right? Like false. What usually happens is the deck price remains the same or even goes up. Liliana will decrease in price. Every other card in that deck will go up in price. Uh, as, as people have the exact same idea as you, they buy Lilianos and they're like, oh, but I need Tarmogoy for whatever. Uh, so then the, the net result is like 
the deck is still the same price, even though you got all these new cheap cards. Uh, so I would actually buy the support cards as well. So if you're like, oh, I want Vampiric Tutor, I want a black deck, like just get all the cards because the, the other cards will go up as well. Uh, okay, last card we're gonna talk about. Sazat's uh, Will, four and a black instant. It's a rare. Uh, choose one. If you control a commander as you cast this spell, you may choose both. Each opponent sacrifices a creature they control with the greatest power. Exile all cards from all opponent's graveyards, then create X01 black thrall creature tokens, where X is the greatest power among creature cards exiled this way. I, I think that that second part is pretty solid. And on top of that, if I get to, if I have a commander, uh, like you, you all have to, I get to choose both of these modes. I, I, I think this card's sweet. I think this card's sweet. I mean, it could be like four mana instead of five, but like, sure. I guess that they've, it seems like they've played it really safe with the design of a lot of these cards so far. Like, at least for costs and stuff like that. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that's actually what I was going to say too is, I like some aspects of this card, but it just feels like one or one and a half mana more than I want to the point where I'm kind of wondering if I would even play it. Like Crackling Doom has the edict effect with upside of a little bit of damage for three mana. It is in three colors, but still. So you're kind of paying at least one, maybe two extra mana for the edict effect. The one thing I like about it, though, is as we've seen in Commander Clash, a lot of people don't play enough Graveyard Hate in their Commander decks, and I love that this card, it kind of tricks you into playing Graveyard Hate. Like, you can play this as a relatively decent removal spell, and then you just accidentally have Graveyard Hate in your deck, which is something you probably should have anyway. So I like that it kind of just accidentally gives you some Graveyard Hate in your deck, but I'm still <laughs> I, I guarantee a bit... you, I'm not paying five mana in a card for Graveyard Hate, <sighs> when I can't be bothered to put a Bajuka Bog in my deck. <laughs> or like, yeah. <laughs> how about a Scavenger Grounds? It's just the cost of colored mana versus colorless, but a lot of times you're like, no, it's not worth it. I'd rather put a Reliquary Tower in my deck. <laughs> But I do, I do like in anything that's Orzhov playing Kaya's Guile or Kaya's Guile. <laughs> like Kaya's Guile is such a solid card. I, I feel this card is bad because you can't control it. It's not even like power at the time of removal. It's from the graveyard. So if someone like pumps a creature, or if you want to play pump effects, like uh, you know, double a creature's power, like this doesn't work. So you can't really do anything. You're really just using it for removal and like. Yeah, that's not that's not too exciting, right? You have Crackling Doom, you have, you know, I'd, I'd rather just play Doomblade or something, right? Like, why anger multiple people at once and not finish the job, right? So, <laughs> but 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 this can get like if you have your commander, I I like that, you know. I mean, like once again, something that rewards you for I guess playing your commander, uh, right, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> perfect, perfect for me. <laughs> uh, I mean. I don't know. You're, the the thralls aren't really that helpful, are they? Like, I guess maybe if you can do something with them, like skull clamp or your sacrifice deck. But is getting like so that is literally the actually... of this card? Like, if it, if it was like say four mana that did the same thing without the thralls, like, would you even consider it? Or or like even like that's the point of this card, right? Like, you you kill something and then you get like eight zero ones off the back of it. Yeah. Like, there's definitely things you can do with this. Just like that, uh, like, I guess, Aristocrats kind of style deck. Like, I, I can definitely see me throwing this in there. Yeah. And it's a good way to exile others' graveyards and not mine. Yeah, that's that's true. And I mean, I guess you can play, like, Bad Moon or something and get in there with the, with the thralls. <laughs> Bad Moon. One, two. <laughs> uh, coat of Arms, my friend. Coat of Arms. Ah, <laughs> yes, Ooh, Coat of go. Arms. I, leave it, leave I, it to Richard to know all the janky tribal tricks. Yes, uh, with the bad mood on the board, your eight thralls can do eight damage, yes. <laughs> but you have bad mood and Coat of Arms. Now we're talking, right? Now we're cooking. Uh, all right, I think that we're up to date on the previews. You can check them all out uh, on the website, mtgpreviews.com. Uh Commander Legends previews are happening all week, so uh, we're, we'll be sure to get a lot more cards uh, and a lot more legendaries. There are a ton of legendaries and partners in this set, uh, so we'll, we'll be covering that on the next podcast as well. 
Yeah, I think we go through next Wednesday or Thursday with official spoiler season, so this is just day one. There's a ton more to come. We also have a official goldfish spoiler going up next week, so keep an eye out for that on the MTG Ooh. Goldfish Commander YouTube channel. And we'll be doing, like, daily spoilers. Tomer's doing some videos. There's going to be a ton of Commander Legends stuff coming out yeah. this week. <clears throat> on, on the 4th, I also have my spoilers, so that'll that'll be pretty sweet. Ooh, yes, super exciting. So yeah, keep an eye out for all that. Um, we got a couple of minutes, Richard. Uh, let's see if we can sneak in just a few fish mail at the end of the cast today. All right. Uh, if you have questions, you can send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag mpgfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Snare Johnson six six four. What color and mana costs do you think an instant that makes target players skip their next? draw step be and would it be viable oh um like uh one mana it's gotta be one mana right demir hybrid maybe like i think black makes me think discard but blue makes me think of like the card drawing aspect or the step skipping aspect that we just saw in the sphinx but i think it's got to be one mana and then even then i don't think it would be playable competitively just to skip one draw step, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, it would have to be one mana. And how about a tri- a tri mana hybrid? It could be blue, black, or green. Green, because that's also like something like like Casultai, I guess. Because like I'm white. green gets to do everything. Yeah, green does everything. So like, why wouldn't Lesnia? Right, like is where we're going here. <laughs> it's like a taxing effect. I mean. Uh, if you're curious, like we we see this a lot, uh, you know, when we have a good old Teferi time raveler out, and people are are doing like the upkeep discard or the the draw phase discard. That's kind of this. Like the difference is you can do instant speed interaction, uh, but I don't think I don't think it's enough. Like unless it's like a Sphinx that skips everyone's draw steps or something like that. Uh, Red paper spy. Do you think? That a white uh, that white card advantage will be cannibalized from another color, uh, say green creature draw, or will it be new design space like bottom of the deck matters? If it's a land, put it on the battlefield. Non land goes to hand. Uh, I think it's gonna continue to be like taxi draw, like Mingara and stuff. Like if your opponent does this, then you get to draw a card, or if they cast this many of these during their turn, you draw a card. So I don't know. That seems to be the direction they're heading. I would be surprised if we saw white just directly cannibalize another color. I don't think you're going to see, like, a white-blue Sun Zenith, for example, or, like, uh, whatever the the impulse draw that red gets, where you get to exile the top card to your library. So I think they go just keep going with the taxing thing. If anything, maybe shifting Rhystic Study-style draw into white. I think there is a solid argument for that, and I could see that. Maybe that counts as, like, cannibalizing blue a little bit, but I think you could argue that that style of draw, like, draw draw unless your opponent does something would also fit the taxing theme all right last question future grec 2099 are we finally getting to a point where another color should be implemented in magic it would give an open slate opportunity to print cards that can straddle the meta down or even open the door uh to a wider standard and allow more archetypes Uh, i i i think that another color is a bit much to balance right now, all right? <laughs> Let's just go with, uh, I don't know, I, I I don't think that we're ready for another color yet. I, I, you could also add more colorless stuff, like I work with Devoid again, I guess, but like... <laughs> Devoid is so bad. It's like you're colorless, but you have colors. You're like, what? <laughs> no, but no, you don't. <laughs> I think rather than adding a color, what if we just got rid of a color? Like, wouldn't standard be ten green. times better if we got rid of green? That's what I was going to say. If we got rid of green, wouldn't standard just have been killer for the last couple of years? So maybe, I maybe like the problem is we going. have too many colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like where you're going. <laughs> White doesn't that. exist, so you're already there. <laughs> but I, I, I think I agree you're with also Krim, right? right? Like, I think game-wise, we don't need it. Like, we can't like we're still talking about what is white's identity how do you draw cards with white like they haven't figured it out green does everything for some reason so that's you know (laughs) they don't have it straightened out but i do think it will happen just to sell cards like they will start adding things like 
Will we see a new color first? Will we see a new basic land like waste? Will we see a third Did we break commander? <laughs> like a, a a tri partner? Like they're they're gonna look for new ways <laughs> they to sell should cards, give. right? So I think one of these will happen. Pets. Pets, Richard. Commander's pets. I think that would there will be you, the command start zone. With like an the pet zone. Yeah. No just literally a pet zone. <laughs> And now you just launch a line of dogs, cats, sure, uh, a turtle, for <clears throat> and lizards, right? And, like, think about that. You just have a whole separate line. It's like companions for your commander. Boom. Right there. <laughs> and it costs one more every time to try to cast it. <laughs> that, that, that would actually be... You laugh now. You laugh now. But we're going to go, we're going to go to, like, Zootopia, and, and, and it's going to be a thing. <laughs> Calling it now, commanders will have a pet at some point. The the, the pets on Magic Arena were just uh, a, a test for. <laughs> for yeah, they were world. a test to see how. <laughs> hey, if this means there's a reprint of Black Lotus, hey, whatever. <laughs> but like, <laughs> all right, uh, that's all the time we have for questions this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag #MGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 300 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Crabb, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we will be back next week to talk more Commander Legends and about whatever else goes down in the world of magic. So until then, have a wonderful week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.